All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. We are back with another podcast. Oh, I thought you were going to go crumbles back with a brand new invention. Something. Grabs a hold of me tightly. Flows, flows like, like a, a lemon crinkle daily and nightly. Will no, it ever stop? We're, we're stopping. We're making people upset. Why? They don't know vanilla ice. We're not good. They don't know good. We're not good at changing words. No, we are good. We just normally <laughs> make them dirty. Yeah, that is true. So we're having to be good here. But today's podcast is brought to you by Crumble Cookies. Yep, Crumble Cookies in the shops at Hilltop in Jonesboro. Don't forget this holiday season, Crumble Cookie caters. They can cater for your holiday party, your mm-hmm. uh, potluck, whatever you're looking to do. Uh, they have a great uh, way that you can do the catering because you can do the big cookies like yep. we get or you can do mini cookies as well. Just go to crumblecookies.com to find out more about Crumble Cookies and their catering. And on this week's lineup, the Lemon Crinkle, a cakey lemon cookie rolled in crunchy sugar crystals and fluffy powdered sugar. They have the Boston Cream Pie. It's a New England-inspired cookie that's topped with a tasty vanilla pastry cream and a rich chocolate ganache. How about the gingerbread cake? A gingerbread cookie topped with smooth cream cheese frosting, then garnished with cookie crumbs and mini gingerbread man sprinkles. And the one that sounds the best to me this week is the green mint featuring Andy. So this is a chocolate cookie, and it's packed with Andy's mint pieces, and then it's rolled Mm. in cookies and cream crumbs. It's not done, though, (laughs) because then they smother that in the Andy's mint buttercream frosting, and then they dust that with cookies and cream bits. Oh, my goodness. How about the classic pink sugar? A vanilla sugar cookie topped with a perfect pink swoop of almond frosting and then there's the milk chocolate chip as well this is the one that is there every single time you go to crumble it's soft it's packed with tons of milk chocolate chips as well it's delicious the milk chocolate chip cookie and all these cookies are available at crumble cookies in the shops at hilltop in jonesboro you can download the app order online and save some time just search crumble cookies and go online to crumblecookies.com and don't forget always remember never forget crumble cookies caters here's the podcast this is arkansas's morning show with brandon and kelly all right good morning arkansas your morning show is on the radio good morning kelly perry good morning brandon baxter here we are today is wednesday it is november the 30th of 2022 we're glad you guys are up with us this morning how you feeling for a Wednesday? I'm good. How about you? It's kind of, um, I don't know, it's kind of one of those weird weeks where we had the whole, um, you know, vacation last week. Mm-hmm. This feels like a long week and it's only Wednesday. I know. So here we go. All right. First thought of the day, KP. So I was, get, so I was getting up this, uh, this morning. I had this dream last night and you were in the dream oh. and we were at work and we were having to take a lot of pictures. And apparently we took a lot of pictures for like a magazine or something. Well, when the magazine came out, all I can remember is my shirt was on backwards. It was like inside out. And I was mad at you because you didn't tell me. Well, when I went to the bathroom this morning, I looked in the mirror and I had on my T-shirt inside out with the tag sticking out under my chin. That's awful. I, I know. But how weird is that? Like, I don't know if I... I mean, did I did I turn it around in my sleep? Like, did the tag hit my chin and make me have that dream of my shirt being inside out? What is that? That is weird. I know. And how did you not feel that? Because, like, anytime I put on a shirt, yeah. like, in the dark and I put it on backwards, it's automatically like I'm being strangled. I don't know. It's my Will Ferrell elf shirt, so I don't know what the deal is. Huh. That's a wild way to start your day. Yeah. So, first thought of the day, double B, go. So I went out to have lunch and decided I was going to do something different with my bacon cheeseburger. Oh. 
And they said, how would you like your burger cooked? And I thought, well, typically I would say medium well, but, you know, on a steak I would do, you know, medium rare. That might be too rare for a cheeseburger, so I went medium. Let me just tell you, I don't think I've ever had a medium cheeseburger. But when you bite into the cheeseburger and the juices run red. No, Brandon. There's something about that that kind of throws you off. Just for a bit. Yeah. And then I looked at my wife. I said, does this look like I should eat this? And she said, is it warm on the inside? And I said, I really can't tell. But I didn't want to complain and send it back because I was afraid, you know, they'd be upset with me. So I went ahead and plowed through it. Yeah, couldn't have done it. If I get sick in the middle of the show today, oh, great. <laughs> you'll know what it is. I don't know, man. Maybe you should go with the way the restaurant cooks the cheeseburger. Maybe so. Because they're probably not that experienced in undercooking a cheeseburger. Was this a fast food restaurant or just a, a, a restaurant? Because I'm having problems. Like, did you go through McDonald's and ha- tell them you wanted it rare? No, it, it was a casual dining type of okay. experience, just American food. Making sure, I was making sure you weren't one of those people that are going through... Just a fast food place and be like, yeah, make it rare. Give, give me that thing rare. Yeah. But I just wonder if it's even okay to do that. Like, should they give us an option or should they just cook the cheeseburger the way they cook the cheeseburger? Fast food? Do it. It's fast. They don't need to give us any more options than they already do. What about casual dining? Sure. So they should give me the option. Yes. And if I want to get myself sick based on Thanksgiving food or an undercooked cheeseburger, that's on me. Gotcha. Yep, exactly. All right. We're learning things here this morning. I do feel a tad bit queasy. <laughs> Brandon Baxter in the morning. Nothing puts you in the mood like a little holiday tune from Kenny G. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how it goes? Yes. Doesn't this make you feel festive? Yes. Doesn't it make you feel alive with the joys of Christmas? Yes. Uh, magical. It really does feel kind of magical at this point. I was reading a deal this morning that says that a lot of people find that Christmas cards still bring them holiday joy. That was kind of interesting. They say about 90% of people say they love getting Christmas cards. I do. You're one of those people. Yeah, I like them. Do you think it's nostalgic at this point? And like for us, it just feels like the old times? For people our age, definitely. Because did your mom send out Christmas cards? Uh, probably on occasion. It wasn't an annual deal for us. Yeah, it wasn't an annual deal for us, but I, I remember there was probably, uh, my mom was probably feeling good about herself because back in the day when we were little, I think she would even send out like a little, hey, this is what everybody's up to type deal with the Christmas card. Ooh, that's good. But I think my dad stopped that. Why would he stop that? I think it bothered him when he would get certain cards from certain people and like, he wasn't very fond of Mm -hmm. and like they would be quote talking about how wonderful their lives were yeah and he'd be like oh let's see how rich so-and-so is (laughs) and then you'd get a card with all with them you know whatever and he's like all right yeah merry christmas there are those people you see people who go out and do like really expensive photo shoots just for their christmas cards (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) and people like us that just go out in the backyard and try to find a christmas looking tree I remember one time we took pictures. It was me, Leslie, and Kai. We've done like two photo shoots in our entire life that was like really paid for. Yeah. In our entire married life. Um, so anyway, we take this picture, and Leslie was really proud of the way that Kai looked and really proud of the way that she looked. <laughs> I think I know. Are these the ones in y'all's kitchen? No, those the, are different ones, I think. The black and white ones, and you say you look like that uh, Fantastic Four guy, the rock guy. What's his name? 
I don't know what it. What is his name? I don't know, but he's built of rocks. <laughs> and y'all are like, look, it's Mr. So-and-so. Kelly, I was bloated in that. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting on my nerves already today. It's not the one. Okay. This is when Kai was probably, he was probably two or three, right? And we're out in a field because nothing says us like being out in a field. (laughs) Nothing says I love my family like posing in a field. For Christmas with no snow. Yeah. But like Leslie looked great. Kai looked great. My eyes were half closed. You know how I do that (laughs) deal where whenever we take a picture, for some reason, I inevitably close my eyes? Yeah. So I had a half blink going on. But Leslie liked her and Kai, and that was the Christmas card. Like, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I get how she feel, how you feel, because you always like to pick, we're in a picture together, you'll pick the best of you. Yes. And if my eyes are closed and you look good, that's what you do. I tried to Photoshop my eyes from another photo. No. Don't. That wasn't going to work either. Leslie said no on that. So as long as she and Kai look good, it really didn't matter what I look like. And I've learned that as life goes on, that's basically the way life goes. But it is true. Like, when we're looking at your family pictures, we're not like, oh, Brandon's outfit is so cute. His hair looks so good. We're like, oh, Leslie looks so pretty. Oh, Kai's so cute. They don't care about the men. Why am I even in the stupid card? I'll just take the picture next time and save the cash. Oh, Brandon. About 60% of people say they're sending holiday cards this year. Some people say it's okay to get the digital. I mean, if you're going to send a card, I would much rather get the one that comes in the mail. But then there comes that point where you start worrying that you're not popular anymore because you don't have as many as you (laughs) used to get. I like hanging them up, though. Yeah, but that's embarrassing if you get like two. (laughs) You've got to keep them throughout the years. Oh. You keep them. Like, I've got some from 1776. There's Aunt Patsy over there. (laughs) She's been gone for the last 15 years, but she's hanging up on the mantle. (laughs) All right, get your Christmas cards working, y'all. Brandon Baxter in the morning. All right, good morning, Arkansas. It's time to celebrate. It's time for an Arkansas's morning show high five. High five. Hey, a big high five goes out today to Aretha Nelson. She's from Caddo Valley. Okay. Which is kind of between Little Rock and Texas. Mm-hmm. So the story is, is she's worked at McDonald's for a long time, and people know her voice, and they know her friendliness. They love her demeanor. They say during the pandemic, she wore a face mask that had pictures of her grandkids on the mask. Because she was missing them, she couldn't travel to go Aww. see them. See, her family, they don't live close to us. They live off uh, in Virginia. So the story is, is Aretha was invited to this deal by the company, by her McDonald's location, And she thought she was going in for some type of an interview. And when they got there, there was an anonymous gift Mm -mm. from one of her regular customers. Inside the card was enough money that would allow Aretha to travel back home to Virginia to spend the Christmas holidays with her grandkids and extra money for the gifts. My goodness. The person who gave the money wants to remain anonymous. The only person who knows is the manager of the McDonald's store in Caddo Valley. But how sweet is that? Aretha says, and I quote, I see it on TV all the time, but who would think of me? I'll get to see them grandbabies soon. So here's to you, Aretha Nelson and the anonymous Christmas gift giver. It's an Arkansas's morning show. High five. High five. And today's high five is powered by Right Fiber from Ritter Communications. It's the right speed at the right price right now. You can check availability in your area at rightfiber.com. 
Brandon, Baxter in the morning. All right, doing it big on a Wednesday morning. It is November the 30th. And y'all, as always, Kelly Perry. Well, she's got three words for you. Good morning, This is Country Music News on Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly. We have Country Music News today on Kenny Chestnut. Right now I really need a beer with my friends. Pop top of two and talk about a wave. So Kenny Chesney, he's told us he's going out on tour next year, and now he's telling us he's working on new music. Uh, Kenny posted a deal on social media, and it looks like he's out on the beach. And he says, and I quote, California dreaming on such a winter's day. Out here writing songs and thinking about next year's tour makes me happy. So it's a picture of Kenny out there. You know, he loves to write his music on the beach. So I'm sure we'll get a beachy vibe from Kenny's new stuff. He's mentioning his tour, the I Go Back Tour, which launches next year. I heard today and I couldn't help but sing along. Kicks off in March. Because every time I hear that song. I go back. It's going to be Kenny Chesney on tour featuring special guest Kelsey Ballerini. Tour dates are up now at KennyChesney.com. We'll keep our fingers crossed that maybe we can get a show within a drive of Mm -hmm. here. That's our our wish because that sounds like a big show. But get ready for new music and a tour from Kenny Chesney in 2023. We have country music news today on Lainey Wilson. I got a heart like a truck. It's been drugged. So very few people have the amount of success uh, in their lifetime that Lainey Wilson has had in just one week this year. Get this. So Lainey was nominated for six CMAs. She took home the two biggest awards in country music, New Country, our New Artist of the Year, and Female Vocalist of the Year. She also happens to be guest starring on this season of Yellowstone, yeah. you know. But during the fourth episode of season five, which is the one that just came out, we can hear her singing in the background. Well, the song is called New Friends. Here's Lainey Wilson. song from Yellowstone. It's called New Friends. And country music news today on Tracy Lawrence. Time marches on. marches on. So Tracy Lawrence was a part of Giving Tuesday, the day we're supposed mm-hmm. to give back to charities and organizations. So Tracy has a mission possible organization, and he went out across Middle Tennessee and donated $60,000 to fight homelessness in Middle Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to six different charities with $10,000 checks, which is really wow. cool. So a cool thing from Tracy Lawrence. He also did his annual Turkey Fry and Benefit concert, which went on to feed 9,600 people in need and raise more than $250,000. So good stuff out there from Tracy Lawrence. You find out who your friends are. Somebody's going to drop everything. Run out and crank up their car. Hit the gas, get that fast, never stop the thing. Was it for me? Or it's way too far. They just show on up with a big old heart. You find out who your friends are. Middle Tennessee has a good friend right there in Tracy Lawrence. And that's your country music news on Arkansas's morning show.
with Brandon and Kelly. She's a walking, talking encyclopedia. It's Kelly Perry's Did You Know on Arkansas's Morning Show. Did you know every year Americans buy enough plastic film to shrink wrap Texas? And it can be rarely it can rarely be recycled because it can clog machinery. What? Yeah. Okay, I've never heard that before. Did you know the guy who founded Adidas was the younger brother of the guy who founded Puma? Really? Yeah. Okay. They must have a lot of money. There's some cash in that family. Did you know there was a movie called Troll in 1986 that featured a character named Harry Potter who enters a magical world of witches and wizards? That was 11 years before J.K. Rowling's first Harry Potter book came out. Are they trying to say that maybe the idea was stolen? I don't know. How wild is that? I guarantee you there was a lawsuit on that (laughs) sucker. When Harry Potter Mm -hmm. made all that money, that's wild. And if you didn't know, now you know. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So have you ever played the game Never Have I Ever? (laughs) Not live on the air. (laughs) We're about to play. (laughs) Only if I get to ask you questions. Brandon, it doesn't work like that. We are canceling this game because that is a stupid idea. Okay. Never have I ever. All right, let's go. Give me the bell. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, let's do this for an after show podcast. We'll get record downloads. Let's do it. Record downloads if we got to be all the way. (laughs) All right. Maybe we shouldn't do that. I was reading the deal, and they were uh, they did this poll on people. Never have I ever. Let me tell you some of the things. I'll give you uh, I'll give you like the thing they were asking about, and then we'll see what percentage of people agree. And then I'll look at your face because I can tell when you're lying or uh, uncomfortable, and no. I'll let y'all know if Brandon has told this lie. Do me a favor. Will you turn around? I actually have a lie detector test. Oh, like, gosh. could you please put your put this on your finger? No, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. All right, we're ready, guys. Are we ready? No, this thing that would make okay. me so nervous. I see that in. in you would <clears throat> be the first person that would fail a lie detector test, telling the truth. I know, because I'd be nervous. I know. It's measuring your heart rate. I have anxiety. That's what I would say. I have anxiety. I have panic attacks. You'll would leave you, me alone. Would you say panic attacks? That's what I would they say. Would probably say you're guilty just because you said it like that. I would that. say I'm not guilty. Leave me alone. Okay, what, what are we lying about? What Never have you lied have I about ever. before? I'm not, I don't tell lies. I used to tell lies, but then I got caught in the lies, and I learned never to tell lies. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You just say, instead of saying you're lying, you just say, I was just joking. Just kidding. It's yeah. just a joke. Uh-huh. Okay, here we go. What percentage of people do you think say they've never wore the same pair of under- underwear multiple days in a row? If they say they ha- they haven't, they're lying. You think so? Yeah, because there's always something that has happened, whether you're traveling, something's going on, something has happened. 40% of people say they have never, ever wore the same pair of underwear two days in a row. What are they, three? You think they're lying? They've never had any kind of, well, then they've never had any kind of traveling experience. Yeah, exactly. Well, like Kelly was telling me last Don't week, all you have to do start. is turn them inside out. It's okay. like your second day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Y'all know that wouldn't be me. Go ahead. What, what else have we lied about? Cheated on a test. Yes, I have. You have cheated on a test. And it was a long time ago. And I think, and it wasn't like the whole test. It was, I saw somebody's, it was one of those bubble, bubble things. Scantrons. Well, it wasn't a scantron, but I could see it was like A, B, C, D. And I could see it was the third bubble. So I did copy some bubbles. But other than that, I was scared to death to cheat because my mom was a teacher. So me too. I was scared of that, too. I'd yeah. be afraid I'd fail, and then they'd call my mom, and I'd get in trouble. 
Uh, okay, how about this one? Have you ever told a secret you weren't supposed to share? Hmm. Honesty. Well, I am pretty good about keeping secrets. I might have done that if I felt like someone needed to know, like, for their health or for their mental wellness. I told the secret for your own good. Well, that sounds like a parent <laughs> it or sounds something. sounds bogus, doesn't I don't it? know. 10% of people say they've never told a secret they weren't supposed to share. So a lot of people have. Uh, lied about your age. Uh, yes. You did? Mm-hmm. Was it early in life trying to prove you were older, like 21? No, it's always wanting to prove that I'm younger now. Oh, now it's different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah before we wanted to say we were old <laughs> enough to do stuff, and now we're like, no, we're still 25. Yeah, I've decided when I grow up, I want to be young. Yes, I like that. Yeah. You ever Googled yourself? Yep. 12% of people say they've never done that. Don't do it. That's a lie, right? Mm-hmm. That's got to be a lie. Uh, peed in the shower. Yep. You do? You admit it? 11% of people say they've never peed I've in the done shower. I've before, yeah. I pee in the shower every day, basically. I get in All trouble right. for that. Dropping your phone in the toilet. I didn't do that, but my kid did. Yeah, yeah. I've done that before, too. I did that here. And like literally the dirtiest toilet. Like it is it is more clean to reach into a gas station on the side of the road into their toilet than our toilet here. And I had to do it. Because I didn't have I didn't have time to think about it. I saw a Blackberry floating. Oh, in the oh The gosh. phone, not a Blackberry, but like well, a phone. These these toilets haven't been cleaned in like eighty years. No, I thought this toilet in here came with a feature that grew hair. <laughs> Gross! But that wasn't that wasn't so. No, no, I didn't mean it. No, that came out wrong. No, not that. Disgusting. Brandon Baxter in the morning. I feel the need to explain what I was trying to say about the toilets growing hair because the way you looked at me was like that probably wasn't appropriate. What I meant was almost like algae and moss growing on the inside. Oh, that's what I meant. Based on the way you looked at me, I don't think you fully understood that. And then I, I thought maybe most people didn't understand you that. You meant like it's it's been it hasn't been cleaned in so long. It's it's developing its own habitat. Yes, it's like a lake. It's like yeah. you know when you go to the beach at the lake and there's foam and and stuff like that. Yeah, gross. That's what uh, okay, I meant. Okay, moving on. I just wanted to clarify. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. A lot of us got together with family last week. Well, someone should have told this lady. Get this. A 23-year-old near San Antonio named Sinai, Sinaide, no, uh, gosh, Sinaide Soto, sorry, FaceTimed her boyfriend and was shocked when another woman picked up. Oh, gosh. It turned out to be one of his relatives, but Sinaide didn't know that, so she went to his house while no one was home and set it on fire. No, she did not. Now, she either texted a video or FaceTimed him again while doing it because there's a shot of his couch on fire, and she told him, quote, I hope your house is okay. Who does that? He called the fire department, but it was too late. The whole house went up. Shut up. There's a GoFundMe account to... uh, set up where people have donated and I went and looked there's over $16,000 right now to help him and his young daughter out he says he has only been dating Sinea for a month (laughs) so she's a little bit attached and evidently got a little bit fired up so she got arrested two days later she's facing burglary charges and Mm. arson charges and yes he did break up with her oh that's good after she burned his house down probably Mm. a good idea she might be a tad bit dangerous (laughs) speaking of breaking up how did the stegosaurus break up the huge boulder oh gosh i have no idea 
with his dynamite. <laughs> Thank you, JJ Walker. <laughs> You're welcome. And there's even more proof that people are crazy. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, happy yeah. birthday to you. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday to you. For well, well, well. Time for birthday sport. Today it is Wednesday, November the 30th of 2022. Local birthdays, local celebrities. Here we go. Happy belated birthday goes out to Murphy Holcomb, who's from Harrisburg, who turned three years old yesterday. Happy birthday, Murphy. We hope you had a great day. Celebrating today, Ronnie Tag of Brooklyn, Erica Ramsey of Jonesboro, Kelly Hardy of Joplin is celebrating a birthday. Jessica Seitz in Jonesboro, Hunter Lane of Lone Oak is celebrating. Jill McDaniel from Wynn has a birthday. And Bentley Carter, who's from Paragould, is turning 10 years old today. Love from mom, dad, and Cade. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all. And you celebrate with these celebrities. Happy birthday to Kaylee Cuoco, who is 37. That's Penny on The Big Bang Theory. Chrissy Teigen is 37. She's a model, influencer, and she also happens to be married to John Legend. Cause all of me loves all of you. This is all about her, wasn't it? Chrissy Teigen turns 37 today. Alicia Cuthbert is 40. That's Abby on Ashton Kutcher's Netflix comedy, The Ranch. Happy birthday today to Clay Aiken. Yes. uh, Was it American Idol? He was, uh, yeah, he was in there. Maybe it was season two with Ruben Stutter. Yes, that's right. He is 44 today. Clay Aiken. Yes, if I was invisible, I would also watch you in your room. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Sounds more weird when you just say it, it does. doesn't it? Clay Aiken's 44 today. Happy birthday today to one of my favorites. Ben Stiller is 57. Of course, something's so, there's something about Mary, Meet the Parents, Zoolander, Dodgeball. Oddly enough, I've seen every one of those movies, and I barely see any movies. Maybe you're just a in-the-closet Ben Stiller fan. Maybe I am. Hmm. So, I also liked his wife. What was her name? Uh, the one that played Marsha. Yeah. Christine, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So happy birthday to Ben Stiller and happy birthday today to Billy Idol, who's 67. Nice day for a white wedding. It's a a nice day to start again. Billy Idol is turning 67 today. I'm not even sure what a Moni is at this point. But if I was invisible, I would watch you in your room. (laughs) Billy Idol's birthday. 
Happy birthday goes out to my good friend, Billy Idol, who turns 67 today. Happy birthday, Billy. Hope you have a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by the man who made it really awkward when he sat on Santa's lap and told Santa to call him Dr. <laughs> Feelgood. Shane Spites. He's the one that makes you feel good. Right. He's the one they call. Feelgood. And he's going to be your Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Dr. Shane's Bites! Dr. Shane's Bites! Dr. Shane's Bites! He is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. He is also my most frequent text, Dr. Shane Spites. So sorry. What's up? You had to bring up the whole Santa's lap thing, didn't you, Brandon? Well, you it's, had to. it's Couldn't awkward. keep that between two people. That couldn't be amongst friends. <laughs> What's your name, young man? Well, actually, sir, it's Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you what Dr. Feelgood did to me the other day, because I'm down there, and I don't know if you know how hard I work on game day for Arkansas Well, State you football. do tell us. Quite often how hard you work. So I work so hard. And I have braved the conditions three games in a row. There was wind, there was rain, there was cold. This past weekend was both. And I get a picture in the middle of me hosting from Dr. Spites, who is up in a luxury suite. Oh, asking me how it feels to be out in the rain. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Truth be told, yeah, I I was inside. I was actually inside. And, And when I heard your voice, I thought, Gosh, he sounds really cold and miserable. Yes. I should send him a picture and let him know that not everybody's cold and miserable at the game. What a jerk. Shane, I'm out there. I'm braving the elements. I'm risking my health, and you're poking fun at me. Risking you do a your great health. job, by the way. I don't know if you get if you get a lot of, of stroking or a lot of kudos on that, but you do a great job there at the A State game. Well, so I appreciate I, that. I really appreciate. I know a lot of the fans appreciate what you do there. Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I'll send you money after we're done. It's in his <laughs> it's in his contract. They've written in his contract that he has to be thanked and uh, patted yes. very often. I'm just going to tell you my contract. <laughs> I signed that contract about six years ago. Shane, could you help me negotiate a better deal? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know the feeling. I've got a few of those myself. I mean, I've seen what some of these coaches are making, and yeah, I'm just thinking <laughs> I ain't there yet. So, uh, anyway, uh, Shane Shane mentioned this morning, and we talked about this early this morning. I mentioned I went to a place and ordered my cheeseburger, and I never do this. I've never done this in my life. But they said they said, "How would you like your cheeseburger cooked?" And I didn't want it overcooked, so I ordered it medium, thinking I couldn't do medium rare because that would be unhealthy. Shane told me that my choice of medium was a really dumb choice. I don't remember using the word dumb. I just said you could have made a better choice. Oh, we could hear it in your voice. No, I, can, I know you well <laughs> enough now to know when you when you think I'm an idiot. <laughs> so here's the deal. So it's not that you can't order a medium or medium rare hamburger. The 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 restaurant will allow you to do that. But typically, what you'll see there's a disclaimer at the bottom of the menu. That says eating undercooked meats um, is hazardous or can be hazardous to your health and can make you sick. But there's some sort of disclaimer like that. They're required to do that, huh. I think, by the federal government, by the FDA. So that should have been in some sort of fine print, like at the bottom of the menu. You'll you'll typically see that. The reason why, and and let me be clear, like I I love a, a medium rare steak. Mm, me too. And that that's different. The reason why is it's the way the meat is cut. So in a steak. 
the, the meat is obviously cut, you know, off of the, the animal, like it's cut, you know, off the bone or so to speak like that. And so the bacteria is on the outside of the meat. The bacteria is not on the inside of the meat. Okay. Hamburger is mixed up. It's all mixed up together. And so the bacteria is all throughout the meat. Mm. And as a matter of fact, we've had outbreaks back, I'm going to show my age now, back in the early 90s, some people may remember there was this jack-in-the-box uh, uh, place, and they had um, they had an outbreak way back in the 90s. I haven't heard of these really recently, but there, it infected a lot of people, like 700 and something people in four different states, and it was because the, the patties had gotten infected with the <sighs> bacteria E. coli. Um, and so it can be a bad deal, and it makes it makes people sick. And every year, people get sick from undercooked meat. Then you can have undercooked chicken too, and then that's a different bacteria. E. coli is usually related to hamburgers and undercooked um, red meat. Salmonella is associated with undercooked chicken. But in I mean, we get probably right at a million people a year oh get uh, infected or get sick from undercooked chicken um, or mishandled chicken every year in the U.S. And so. You want to make sure that, it, that it's cooked properly, and certainly with hamburgers, you want them cooked all the way through. And not that you'll ever carry a thermometer around with you mm. like I do, but you want to make sure that it's <laughs> 160 degrees, <laughs> 160 degrees in the center. So when I bit into the cheeseburger the other day, and I realized it was more than just a little pink. Okay. It was kind of a little bit gooey looking. And I noticed that the juices ran a slight pink color. Should I have stopped eating? Yeah, I probably would have stopped. That's just, yeah, I wouldn't have. Because, again, that pink color, it's, that means it's not. It's probably not cooked through. Hmm. It probably hasn't reached that 160 degrees that you need to for the set amount of time needed to kill off the bacteria. Again, um, and, and, and some people will eat those, and, you know, they'll kind of basically roll the dice, which is fine. It's not that... It's not that a restaurant prohibits you from doing it. They just like, look, kind of buyer beware. If you want to do this, then again, the vast majority of them, you'll see a disclaimer at the bottom of the menu or somewhere in the restaurant. It'll be posted that cooking undercooked meat can be hazardous to your health. Does it sound to you today like I might have a case of E. coli? Oh, my gosh. Well, what were your symptoms? Did you, do you have bloody diarrhea? Uh, just on occasion. He was saying earlier he did this morning. <laughs> That's terrible. Would yeah, I would I know I, by now if I had it? Yeah, you probably would. Yeah, yeah, most likely you would. It's it's usually. Uh, when did you eat the hamburger? Uh, yesterday for lunch. Yeah, yeah, you, you would know. I mean, you start feeling bad, fever, chills. I mean, you would get sick. Um, I, and, and all kidding aside, it is. There's a bloody diarrhea that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, abdominal cramping. Um, yeah, you can, you can get really sick from, from some of that. So what you're telling me right now is I'm superhuman since okay. I did not succumb to E. coli. No, I'm saying you're super lucky because okay. you didn't eat a hamburger. That <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. The, the infection, uh, yeah, you didn't get infected by the, by the bacteria. Not all of them have that bacteria. Again, it's just kind of a roll of the dice. All right, jerk. Uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> no, he's trying to, he's trying to trash talk me here. Uh, I read a deal this morning that was talking about emergency rooms, and you've kind of given us the heads up on this, that emergency rooms are starting to fill up, not only locally and regionally, but around the country based on all these different illnesses that are out there. Yeah, and and that I'll be honest with you, that's, that's becoming a pretty bad deal. Um, and what I mean by that is, and I don't know that people realize there's this domino effect. So with we've got a lot of flu still. We're still seeing RSV. We think it's peaked. We're starting to see some more COVID, which is not good. Um, and so it's all these respiratory viruses. 
and people are getting sick. Well, when people get sick, you know, they fill up in the hospitals. Well, they, um, a fair number of them are coming in through the emergency room. Well, the emergency rooms, you know, they only have so many rooms in the emergency room. So when those rooms are filled up and people are backed up in the waiting rooms, well, or, you know, let's say an ambulance shows up and they need to offload a patient. Now, all of a sudden, there may not be a bed in the ER to offload that patient. So the ambulance crew's hanging out there while the, the crew, you know, the crew in the ER is busy trying to get a bed available. Well, that ambulance isn't available. So now the ambulance can't go respond to a 911 call. Mm. And so it just kind of, you know, it's, it's all of this stuff. And there's, you know, there's beds that are, that, that are trying to be opened up, you know, in the hospital. And, and let me be clear, everybody's doing everything they can right. to manage that. But there's a, there's a certain, there's only a certain amount that they can do when the large numbers of people that are coming in are so high um, that are filling up these hospital beds. And so, and I know it sounds like a broken record. That's why we talk about, look, vaccination. If you're sick, stay home, mm-hmm. um, you know, wash your hands. Um, and, and when we say stay home, it's not just, a, not just for you and your well-being, but so you don't infect somebody else. It may be that I get the flu and it's not that bad for me. But if I'm coughing and sneezing, you know, in the grocery store or in Walmart and I infect some, you know, older person or somebody who's got, you know, underlying diabetes, hypertension or heart disease, now all of a sudden they may end up in the ER where I didn't. And so it's a lot of that, you know, community wide. We need to kind of just make sure we're all taking care of each other um, because it can it can be a big deal. Can I tell you this? So I think most people, when they get sick, they have the idea that they should stay home. But I think most of us feel compelled by our employers that we need to go to work. You know, you're absolutely right. And that's been, I think that's a culture that was created years and years and years ago. I really do. Like, I remember that. I mean, even growing up, like, I mean, my parents went to work sick. That's yeah. just what you did. You, right. It was a whole suck it up, you know, and, and go to work and, you know, you'll be over it. And, it, you know, and, and vast, vast majority of the times it wasn't a big deal. Um, but I think now it is. I think now we realize that, well, you know, yeah, I may not get that sick and I can sit there at my desk and cough and sneeze, but the person that I interact with on my way to work or while I'm at work may not do so well. And they may end up at the doctor's office or even in the ER. And I think we need to tell, like, let employers know that, hey, encouraging people to come to work when they're not feeling good is not good for the entire workplace because more than likely you'll lose productivity of multiple people when they infect other people. I really think that's why most people here come to work and I didn't really feel that great this morning and I feel really bad now because most of us have been taught, hey, you got to go to work Mm -hmm. or the employer is going to be telling you, oh, I don't really believe that you're that sick. No, you're a hundred percent right, and that um, and that's and and from an employer standpoint, and, and you were spot on with this, is that you don't want a sick employee coming in and infecting the rest of your employees, right? Because now all of a sudden you really got a workforce issue, especially if you're talking about manufacturing or those industries that really rely on individuals being there. You know, luckily, and we learned some of this through the pandemic, some things can be done remotely. Like I can I can answer emails from home. I can you know do some Zoom calls or things like that. So there's things I can do from home and still be productive if I feel like it. Mm-hmm. But you know, going into work right now and, and spreading spreading your illness is just not a good idea. So so I agree with you. Employers really need to need to think about that. Um, you know, when they have a sick employee. Y'all, he is the dean of the NYIT College of Osteopathic Medicine at Arkansas State University. He's the man who tells Santa to refer to him <laughs> as Doctor Feelgood. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Shane Spites joins us this morning. Hey, it's great chatting with you, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week.
Good to talk to you guys. Hope you have a great week. Right, Take care. See you, man. You too. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. We're joined this morning by our friend Sarah Rickert, who is a part of JoyFest. Uh, and she is like, she's not just part of JoyFest, Kelly. She is one of the main straws that's going to stir this drink this weekend in downtown Jonesboro. Sarah, how does it feel to be week of JoyFest? I'm so excited. Merry Christmas. It's you here. Can. And it feels nice and Christmassy. Hey, it is, it is kind of neat. We put on, you know, after Thanksgiving, all the Christmas jingles and Merry Christmas. And there was something about hearing that on the radio that just kind of feels sweet this time of year. Oh, yeah. Like yesterday, I was driving around doing Joy Fest stuff, and it, you know, it was kind of, it just kind of felt uh, the music on, and it just kind of felt like, okay, we're here now. Although I told my kids I felt like yesterday we were at the pool swimming. <laughs> right. <laughs> So here we are, the week of Joy Fest. This is a deal that is put together by Sarah and her team and the Downtown Jonesboro Association. For people who haven't made it, maybe they've heard of Joy Fest, but they haven't made it down there. Why is this like the ultimate event for the entire family this weekend? Well, everybody tells me I feel like I'm at a Hallmark movie. So that is such a compliment because that's really what um, my heart behind it is just to create a really fun, special um, event for everybody to come to together, kick off the season. There's something for everybody and just to really, like we're talking about, like feel like it's Christmas time. And um, so there's so many fun things going on that I don't know if I can even tell you all of it, but I'll try. <laughs> no, I think one of the biggest things that, that I was excited about when we first heard of you guys doing this event was that like we officially have this big giant Christmas tree that is put up right in the heart of downtown Jonesboro. Yes, it's just it's sixty four feet, the right fiber tree. It's going up today. Um and Santa will be down there helping me get it all set up and put the star on the top. So we're very excited. I um, mean we do a big countdown to turn that on um Saturday night. Um the event starts at four um and at the high troll stage we'll have different performances, a big um Christmas show, um, and then um, we do a big countdown and turn the lights on, and then Corey Jackson does a fantastic job, um, as always. He's, he's doing a big holiday concert for us after the lights come on, so that's at the high troll stage down there. You know what I love about this event is this event was put together with love by a mother <laughs> who, who really wanted something special for her kids. So I think as a parent of kids, I mean, this is great because you really have customized this to be a great family experience with a lot of focus on the experience of those young kids. Yes, I, I just want families to come like and, you know, grandparents, grandparents to be there and there's something for them. There's going to be food trucks. There's Barton's Village with lots of shopping. So bring your purse. There's all kinds of fun shopping in there. Um all the entertainment, a high troll stage, and everybody, no matter what age you are, there's just something magical when you count down and a big giant tree turns on. Yeah. There's just something special about that. And we even have snow. So um, we have snow, and then uh, Century 21 Portfolio, they do an amazing job every year with Santa. Um, they have a, a really cool Santa station. Of course, we have the Gear Head Life Size Snow Globe, which you can actually go in. That's cool. And um, that's really cool to get a picture in there, and then we'll... You can go and have a Coke with the Coca-Cola Polar Bear. Um, 
the NEA cruisers will be there with their really cool cars, so that'll be fun. Um, and then the Andy's Kids Zone will have rides and inflatables and a train that's really fun, face painting, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, of course, one of the centerpieces uh, next to the tree is the Ferris wheel, mm-hmm. um, and it's beautiful. So that's really um, that's really fun, too. And then um, we're having this year – so last year I started the uh, Joyfest Tree Trail, which is, you know, another thing behind just really – wanting to have something special for families is having a special way for us to really support our local businesses. And so um, that was kind of my heart behind starting the tree trail is just having local businesses be able to put up a tree and decorate it and um, just come together to do something. We're having a big decorating party Friday. And so you can come in there and then where the tree trail is there in winter wonderland this year, um, our um, thing that we're really supporting is Habitat for Humanity. So they're doing um, gingerbread houses, like, and we're going to have professional ones there in Winter Wonderland um, that you can vote on. So that's going to be a new thing this year, too. And you can also purchase a, a kit um, to, to do with your family. Oh. So that's a fun addition this year as well. So much to do. And again, it happens this coming Saturday. It's going to start at 4. What time do you think it's going to end up on Saturday night? Probably around 10. I mean, it usually, <laughs> that Ferris wheel and all the rides and I'll talk to moms and I'm like, have you been into the Barton Village? And they're like, I'm still at the kids zone. <laughs> <laughs> so bring a team of people with you so yeah. that you can go shop while, while uh, grandpa watches, takes the kids to see the cars and, and play in the snow and do all the things. So bring bring the whole crew so that you can, you can do. So I, I even talked to someone last year. And she was there as a vendor, and her sister was there, and she never even saw her sister. Yeah. <laughs> so That's um, great, it was. It, there's just so many fun things, and we'll also have 4-H there with the petting zoo and some um, horses, and JPD will be there with their really cool motorcycles. So there's going to just be so much, so many things, and ice skating. Um, a big, huge shout out to Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Trader and his crew. I mean, I just. They do such a fantastic job, um, but they're, we're going to have the ice skating and the train and all that down there, too. So lots of fun stuff. Oh, and this year we also have some real, a new um, Joyfest uh, sweatshirt, and we'll have them for sale there um, that Robbie Myers designed. He does amazing. Um, but the first year I, I did um, a Joyfest shirt, and everybody was just begging to have another one because they said it was their coziest sweatshirt. Right. So we do have new ones, so that's fun. So, again, it happens this weekend. It's the ultimate event for the family as we celebrate Christmas in Jonesboro. It's not just a Jonesboro event, Yay. though. We invite we invite people to come in from all around uh, the listening area to come and be a part of Joy Fest this coming Saturday. Sarah, if people want more information, uh, how can they find the Facebook page? Um, you can go to the event page, Joy Fest event page, or jo- um, the Downtown Jonesboro Alliance Facebook page and um, or Instagram all the details are on there and lots of highlights just to tease you about what's coming and what's going to be there. There you go. Sarah Rickard joins us this morning. Uh, best of luck this weekend, and we'll see you at JoyFest. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, right. everybody. Merry Cheers. Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. So we're joined this morning by a first-time guest, so we'll have to gauge if she is ready to sit in the room with us. 
Because, Kelly, I would assume this could be a little bit uh, nerve-wracking. Do you think anyone warned her about us? Let's ask the woman who brought her to the radio station. Don Lair from Family Zinc. Don, did you give her a warning yet? Big warnings. Big warnings. <laughs> so you've told her to beware. Beware. Okay. Beware. Okay. Yeah, she just told her that you were super sensitive. Oh, is that what yeah, it was? That's it. Well, that's the deal. They have to be able to clinically diagnose me and know how to handle me. Yeah. Which is with kid gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny McGee joins us this morning. She is with Family Zinc, and she is the Jonesboro School-based clinical supervisor. Uh, a new deal for you. So yeah, what's it like uh, being here at Family Zinc? Um, it has really been a breath of fresh air. I um, was have been in mental health for several years and worked a few different places, but I actually interned at Family Zinc. Nice. So it kind of felt like full circle coming mm-hmm. back, started there, and so I'm excited. So tell me what got you started on this journey of wanting to to better people and help people through mental health and counseling. Um, I was went to Arkansas Tech for um, undergrad, and a speaker came in to our senior class talking about University of Arkansas at Little Rock. A master's program and I just was like that's it that's what that's exactly what I want to do so went to Euler and um, got my degree my mom actually got her bachelor's in social work from there and so it kind of I knew that's about cool. it but I wasn't I wasn't totally sure right what it was until that speech kind of so. Mm-hmm. so all of a sudden you're sitting there and this thing's just clicking like it feels right yep isn't that wild how that happens? Because you hear a lot of people who end up in a, into a college setting and they still don't know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And it takes that breakthrough moment. You put in the work, the schooling, the effort, you get the internship with families and get the job. And now you're a part of the team. Yes, I know. It, it um, has been a journey for sure. So I'm, I feel like came back home. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your family because, and I, I know a little bit, but I want you to describe it real quick because uh, family life is important, right? Mm-hmm. What's I your deal? Have- I have two littles, so I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, my husband works for Coca-Cola. Nice. And so we, um, you know, we do all the things, go to the games and cheerleading and, you know, just the typical busy mom. Do you spend a lot of money on making sure the girls match? Is it? Did you say they, two girls? Yeah, they, they do match a lot. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> at a least, deal? At least coordinate, you know, yeah, at least, yeah. yeah. All right, so she's going to judge our fashion here in a minute. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because basically I get dressed in the dark every day. (laughs) Uh, You also, and this is kind of neat because you're going into so many schools uh, in the area, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going in there to work with kids and teachers and counselors and all that. But as you do this, you also have a a little buddy you're taking around with you. Yes. A dog. Yes. So I have Blueberry. He's a Labradoodle. And I've had him for a little over a year. And we've been going through... Or he, he went to training in Memphis, but we've also been going through pet partners to where he'll be able to volunteer outside of my work setting. Like we wanted to go to hospitals or things That's like awesome. that. So, yeah. So what do I have? I thought we had a, <laughs> what was it? A Cavapoo? Y'all, I think y'all paid $5,000 no, for we a Cavapoo. Stop <laughs> trying to stir drop. Two different sizes. <laughs> but. Blueberry is gigantic. Y'all well, thought you had a mini, but I don't think it's a, it's a maxi. He ain't, he ain't so mini anymore. No. His name is Murphy Lee. What the oh. hook going to be? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't need no Murphy hook on this beat. He is the best dog ever. I love that. So we'll have to let him meet Blueberry at some Yeah, point. for sure. Uh, so when you go into the schools, what, what's your day like when you go into a school? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, so um, I'm... Since I'm supervising the therapists that are there, you know, they're really the hands-on. I have a few clients, but they're day-to-day seeing clients working on any issues. For school-based, you know, it's typically something that is impacting the school setting. Um, That might be anxiety, depression, um, ADHD, which we'll talk about. 
Um, but really working on coping skills, problem solving, maybe advocating for them with um, the teachers or maybe they need an IEP plan, something trying to help them with that. Um, and my job really is to support the staff and I answer a lot of questions. Sometimes it's help with this clinical situation or sometimes it's paperwork questions or, you know, I just try to be available and supportive to all the frontline kind mm-hmm. of people. I want to give you a shout out and Families Inc. a shout out too for realizing the importance of going into the schools. Because when I was in mm-hmm. school, um, you know, let's say it's middle school, junior high, high school, I felt like I was out there on this island. Yeah, there was a counselor, but I wasn't going to go because mental health was something you kind of didn't talk about. Right. And I was riddled with anxiety and all those different fears mm-hmm. that, you know, that most kids have. And I think for there to be an outlet in the schools, that's very important. Yeah. You well, mentioned if, a, you, if you can't, um, you know, if you are struggling with all of these things, you can't focus on your, your math homework. And that was really one of the things that got me into social work. I actually thought I was going to do OT and I love OTs. Um, but when I was there, we were working on fine motor skills. I was observing and really I was like, what's your home life? You know, like right, I think it yeah. was a child in foster care. And I'm like, I want to know about that. I want to talk about that, right. you know? So um, I think it's just, it's really hard to focus on math or English, you know, when you didn't sleep last night because sure. of anxiety or whatever. Right. And I, I mean, straight up, I dealt with all of that and didn't even know what it was. Mm-hmm. And really until we started talking with a lot of the counselors at Families Inc., I wasn't even sure, even as an adult, because it was almost, hey, don't talk about that. It's kind of a taboo mm-hmm. subject. And now I think we're doing much better as a culture yeah. and people and saying, hey, we all have stuff, man. If you live right. and you've had a mm-hmm. life, you have a little bit of stuff. Yeah. You mentioned a buzzword a few minutes ago, and I think it's a buzzword a lot of people talk about, and that is ADHD. Yes. So let's talk about that and uh, what exactly is ADHD and how is that defined? Yeah, so it's one of the more common um, diagnoses that we see in children and um, I think in schools a lot because when you go into a structured classroom setting, you're expected to sit down, focus, you know, all these things. And when you can't, that's when it's really noticeable. So Mm -hmm. um, I hear people complain maybe that, you know, all these kids are getting diagnosed in school, but I think that's where you see the breakdown come in is because that's maybe finally when they've had to do this, had to sit down and focus other than Sunday school or something. Mm -hmm. But we hear that we hear people say all the time because I heard Mm -hmm. this and we've heard this from a lot of times it's grandparents who will say and grandparents don't mean it, but they say it. Oh, so-and-so has ADD, ADHD, whatever the words are. And you were saying a few minutes ago that ADD isn't even necessarily a thing anymore. Right. So ADHD is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And it's really broken up into inattentive type, hyperactive type, hyperactive impulsive type. And then you can have both, which is combined. So when you think of the inattentive type, that's what we used to say. ADD, now they've combined it. This The new manual um, made a lot of groupings. And so there's like a spectrum of things. But um, so inattentive is that typical can't focus. You're talking to them and they're not, you know, they're thinking about something else or um, can't sit still and... um, Sitting still is on hyperactive, but can't just sit here and go through a task without getting distracted. Um, maybe losing things, making careless mistakes like, oh, I, I wrote six when I was supposed to write five. You know, I, yeah, I knew I that. But or when you walk into a room, and you're like, what was I doing in here? Um, yeah, <laughs> Jeez, that's me. <laughs> what day is it and where am I? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, I think that's neat to think about. And I think it's important for us to kind of understand that there's different levels of it. And and some people might be higher functioning with ADHD Mm -hmm. than other people. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what parents or other adults in a child's life can do just to kind of check in with them 
and see, you know, how they're doing, if they're really struggling in that environment. What can we do? Mm -hmm. So we encourage like a mental health check-in and that's even just for us, for adults. But, Mm -hmm. you know, just like your physical symptoms, your emotional symptoms are, you know, sometimes manifest the same. But just how are you doing? Like, how are you? A lot of times kids come home and we say, how was your day? Good. You know, but. And it's over. Yeah. That's yeah. really all we talk about. Right. We don't maybe, really dive in. Maybe ask like, uh, how'd you eat today? Did they eat breakfast this morning? How are they sleeping? Notice that. Um, how are their day-to-day tasks? Instead of just, um, I had to move my pen today. Maybe try to dig a little deeper. Is yeah. there something going on more than just, you know, they don't care, you know, because mm-hmm. often it, it probably isn't that. How are their relationships? Are they making good friendships? What are they thinking about? Like, what's taking up a lot of their headspace? I know for anxiety, for sure, there's just something playing through your head a lot of times. And maybe no one ever asks, like, what are you thinking about? What are you even thinking about today? Well, I think it's great that you bring this up because we're going to have a lot of parents who are listening right now. And I think it it's kind of a checklist of us. Because mm-hmm. if we're going with the superficial discussions, maybe we should dig a little bit deeper to make sure that, you know, we're, we're taking care of our kids. Mm-hmm. So how prevalent are the these types of mental health disorders in children? And what do you think some of the causes might be? What, why, why are we seeing this mm-hmm. today, maybe even more than we have in the past? Yeah, um, I looked this up prior. And so one in eight people, that's children and adults, have a diagnosable mental illness and nearly five million children. In, wow. Yeah. So it's a bunch. Um, have a diagnosable Serious mental illness and serious mental illness just means one that significantly impacts day to day life. Right. And so that can include school um, and things that I think are causes or at least precipitators are obviously adverse childhood experiences. So if right. you've been through abuse or trauma, um, but trauma can be really broad, just anything really stressful that you've mm-hmm. been through that might be um, a divorce or, you know, for, for a child or the tornado that we went through or COVID-19. Right. I think there's been I mean, so think many. Think about all the stress yeah, that we've endured just yeah. in a couple of years as people. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Um, the the other things are obviously just like genetic, genetic, biological. Uh, you know, your brain is part of your body. That's mm-hmm. why we say mental health is is just like physical health. It's part of your body, and so any imbalances or things like that. Um, but I think that's important for us to think about too. Is that hey, you know, some of the stuff. Obviously, we'd love to say, hey, we can fix it. I can mm-hmm. fix everything myself because that's how, you know, we want to be as people. But, mm-hmm. you know, some of this is stuff that's been passed down. Some of it's learned behavior as well. Yeah. So so most people have, have heard of ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're going to break it down and say common terms, this is what this is. Right. How would you describe that? So you have to meet criteria in two settings. So if it's just at home, but it's not happening at school or, um, you know, just at school or whatever, it has to be in two settings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it is the inattentive type is struggling with focusing on tasks. Seems like they're not listening to forgetful, easily distracted, losing things, um, careless mistakes like we talked about. And then there's the hyperactive impulsive type. And that's the can't stay still fidgeting, restless. Um, the kid that runs about the classroom can't stay in the seat when they're supposed to. Um, just seems like they're just go, 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 go or driven by a motor. They're just always on hard right. to turn it off, you know. Yeah. And so you can have one or both types, and um, basically uh, you get diagnosed. Sometimes the school will refer, um, or your PCP will notice, parents will notice, and um, a therapist or your physician can diagnose you. Destiny McGee joins us in studio this morning from Family Zinc. We're talking about ADHD in children. I would assume that ADHD is not only stressful for the person who is living it, who has that going on inside of them, the kid, but it's probably also pretty stressful for the parent as well. 
Yeah. Um, I've, I saw a um, graphic that I have kind of a, adopted in my brain now um, of an iceberg. And so it's like what you see and then what's below the surface. And so mm-hmm. what you see is like a hyper or inattentive kid. And things that are below the surface um, is like keeping relationships or your grades struggling, hard time making choices or um, getting in trouble all the time. And so then maybe that does lead to anxiety or does make you not want to go to school because I'm going to get my pen moved again today. And, you know, for for parents, you know, they're struggling. They don't want to see their child uh, falling behind in in school. And so there is a lot of stress. I think for parents, teachers, teachers are probably stressed as well as sure. just trying to keep your classroom uh, less chaotic. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot that goes on under the surface. So as a parent, help me with this. Uh, let's say that we want to help our kid. Obviously, we want our kids to be able to function well in the environment that they're put in. Uh, what can we do if we think our child might be in a situation where they're struggling? Yeah, so um, noticing it and getting help, you know, I would say for sure getting help, but also just in, in your day to day, like if, if you're struggling with telling your child, like go downstairs, get your toothbrush, brush your teeth, you know, there's so many tasks, like, mm-hmm. you know, so giving clear, simple step directions, uh, we encourage like a chore chart or even in, in school, having a list of these are the things I'm supposed to do so that it's not just, I rattled them all off and you're supposed to remember them. Right. Um, even for littles, you can do pictures. So like a picture of a toothbrush, a picture of your pajama, whatever, yeah, that's you good. know, you're working on, um, and that'll help stick in their brain a little better. Um, flexible seating options. So when you have kids that are struggling sitting still, you know, we're all fidgeting, moving. And mm-hmm. um, maybe having them sit on the bouncy ball, having them sit in the bean bag, giving them options. Ooh, neat. Extra breaks. Um, you know, sometimes maybe you just need to get up and do. And I've heard, I think schools are doing this a lot. But brain breaks, let's get up and stretch and do mm-hmm. five jumping jacks. Because, you know, there's all this built-up energy, mm-hmm. especially in a hyperactive kid. Right. And they're hey, just Hey, that works like, for me, too. It, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, think about, like, just for us. Like, when I am stressed out at work and maybe I just need to get out of my office for a minute yeah. and just, like, walk down to Dawn's office and say, like, oh, I've had a stressful day. Or, yeah. you know, kids can't do that. They don't have that freedom mm-hmm. to just say, I really need a minute. I need to move my body. Like I'm, I'm feeling tense or, and they may not even know that. So it's kind of our job to help check in and what do they need right now? I think that's the key is they don't know why they're feeling mm-hmm. that way either. And sometimes they can't verbalize it. Yeah. They don't know how to say it. For sure. So what are things as parents that maybe are not the best ways to tackle this? Because maybe we think our kid is, is going through, you know, symptoms of ADHD displaying that. Uh, what are things that we need to not do in a situation like that? Yeah. Um, Treating all children the same is not going to work. So, you know, we kind of common terms we consider or like new modern terms is like this is a neurodivergent brain and we're not all neurotypical. We, we don't all wire the same. And sure. so not treating all children like they're all going to sit down, do the same thing. They don't all learn the same. Um, excessive discipline is not really helpful in in ADHD because they really might not be able to help it. You know, they're right. trying their best and it's a challenge. Focusing on their weakness, uh, giving threats, like if you don't do this, then you're not going to get recess. You know, you think that's going to make them focus more on on their assignment? Probably not. Um, and then just high pressure. You know, we really want to alleviate the stressors so that they are able to focus and, you know, feel free to learn and be creative. And so putting that extra pressure usually doesn't work. I know it's maybe our common reaction. That's what parents do. That's what grandparents do. That's what we it's learn. so hard. So focusing more on encouragement, um, giving small rewards, you know, um, helping them focus means giving them firing their reward center in their brain and then making it like 
oh, okay, if I do this for this small amount of time, I can get this. Got it. And so offering those small little tokens or rewards, finding what motivates them, and then finding really what works for that person. So we don't all work the same, and maybe they do need flexible seating. Maybe they need to sit closer to the teacher so that there's less distractions or be moved from this other kid that, you know, talks talks and distracts them or, you know, finding things that um, are really flexible for that individual. I think as adults, we, we like the reward center as well. Mm-hmm. We like the idea of, Oh, I'm doing this for a reason. Now yeah. we get the reward. Yeah. So I think it makes it easier for me to do stuff. If I know there's kind of something in there for me at the end of it too. Yeah. And it's, it's wild that we should just motivate our kids in the same way. Mm-hmm. So as we think about this um, and, and we think about our kids and we think about the struggles that they're going for, uh, what can we do to make their environment better? What can we do to better put them in a situation to be prepared to deal with this? And as parents, how can how can we be better? Mm-hmm. Um, I think things are moving in a pretty good direction as far as IEPs being put in place, giving extra time on things, um, having flexible seating. And sometimes parents need to be the advocate. So if, if the child isn't getting this opportunity, um, or maybe the school is offering it and the parents are saying, no, we're fine, we're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just... Everyone collaborating and and agreeing that, yeah, my child needs help. And that's not a weakness. This is, you know, they're creating their environment that they're going to thrive in. And the quicker we learn that, the better they're going to be as an adult because they probably need that similar structure when they grow up. And that's okay. You know, everybody works in different settings. Some people like a fast paced setting. Some people like to be outdoors more. And that's okay. I think it's, we don't have that option as much in school settings, but. The quicker we can teach people, like, this is how you thrive, and that's awesome for you, and it's okay if that's different for me, then, um, you know, really the better off they're going to be, other than thinking, I'm just a failure, I can't fit in this box, right? because that's not true. You know, they they just need a different box. (laughs) I think that's so important to to bring up and so important to talk about. Uh, and if you're going through a situation where you think, Hey man, this is, this sounds like my child. This sounds like what they're going through. This sounds like why their grades aren't perfect. This sounds like why they get in trouble at school. Uh, there's great options out there. Families Inc. obviously is here with us, uh, this morning, familiesinc.net. You can find out about locations all around the listening area when you go there. And it's our pleasure to meet you. Thanks for coming in this morning. Destiny McGee joins us this morning. She is the Jonesboro School-based clinical supervisor with Families Inc. Counseling Services. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Families Inc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Michael Wewers, who I'm not exactly sure. He's busy enough with FOA, the Mm -hmm. Foundation of Arts. And then this guy decides, hey, let's take on the downtown Jonesboro Christmas parade. <laughs> yeah. Weavers, yeah, what in the sure. heck were you thinking when you decided to stack on another thing? And this is a huge deal that you've taken on. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, uh, when Jonesboro JCs, they, they approached us whenever they was about to disband. And uh, they asked us if we wanted to take it on. Well, we had a staff meeting. It was, you know, it was a lot of questions, you know, of everything we're doing. Uh, but really, how I wanted to get the FOA name out there even more, on so people would get to know who we are and what we do, and what better way to put a the stamp on the the Christmas parade in downtown Jonesboro? It's right there by us. It's right in front of our buildings. So you know, uh, we just thought we needed to we needed to own it. Yeah, but here's the deal. I've been involved literally in the Jonesboro Christmas parade. I know it's going to be the 75th uh, year of it. 
But I think I've done like 21 years of Jonesboro Christmas parades, which is crazy. And literally just the amount of bodies, the amount of manpower it takes to organize, get people in place and to run that through. Like that's incredible. So I'm sure you have a pretty good team that's uh, that's helping you with this, right? Yeah, that's right. You know, when we first looked at it, it did. It, I'll say this, I don't know how many times, on paper, it looks really good. You know, and then it comes time to do it, and you're like, oh, and this, and this. Walkie-talkies, a vest, uh, you know, getting them lined up. It, it, is, it, is, it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, Christy Pulliam and Hilly Creek have been working really hard on, on getting it uh, arranged and getting everything lined up. We're really excited about it, but I, we are going to be really happy when, it, when the last yeah. float goes through there, too. We'll, we'll, we'll celebrate. No, and that's going to be a big celebration for a new chapter in the Jonesboro Christmas Parade, you know, forever. Uh, it's It was the JC's Christmas Parade. Now it's the FOA, the Foundation of Arts Jonesboro Christmas Parade. And it actually happens this Friday night. That's right, at 7 o'clock. Uh, just a few changes. Uh, usually it runs north down Maine and cuts over to Union. This year uh, Union will still be open, but uh, we will be running south. We'll be uh, staging on Church Street, okay. and uh, we'll cut over to Cape, and then cut Cape to Maine, and the bigger floats will be positioned over the bridge. We'll have Johnsville Police Department in hand there to help us out and uh, monitor all that. But we really wanted to take the parade all the way down Main Street in front of all the businesses so that everybody gets to participate in the parade. No, I think that's really smart. And the idea of, you know, hey, when you have a new organization that takes it over, there's a new creative vision. And speaking of creative, the theme this year is, well, I mean, it's creative too. Yeah, that's right. And, and we, you know, I had a few people who called me and asked me, like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, here at the FOA, we're always creative. Everybody's got a new idea. Well, we want to just put it out there where you, you could go traditional, you could go uh, just something new. Uh, I even put it out there like, you know, if you have a, a family tradition that's not common, but everybody does it, if you can showcase that on a float and maybe give somebody else an idea of, oh, I like to do that for Christmas with our family. Yeah. I know like the pajama thing was, you know, pretty, you know, it, it caught hand and everybody does a pajama picture, just things like that, you know. No, and I think that's what's neat. And the, the cool thing about this is, because, and again, I've done it for like 21 years. Michael, you go down there and you look downtown and you hit that spot where there's people lined up and you see kids and their smiling faces. And a lot of times they're bundled up because it's cold. And then you see the parents and the grandparents and everybody's smiling. Everyone's happy. It really is. It's one of those nights that is a really feel good night for the entire community. Yeah, and it's a forever memory, too. You know, when them kids grow up and be like, yeah, I remember going to the, I mean, it's just one of those things that becomes a tradition. Uh, forever memory and uh, just it's going to be great it's going to be great just to showcase our wonderful community and everybody that's participating so again it happens coming up on friday night at seven o'clock in downtown jonesboro the parade route's going to be different it's going to be traveling from the north to the south uh what would you tell the people who who are going down there uh what do they need to be prepared for where do they need to go to stand to get ready what would you tell uh, the people who are going to be attending yeah, I would say, you know, it's always on the side of the streets, of course. I would just say make sure that you, uh, you know, you keep your kids back. Make sure you're watching your kids. Make sure you don't let them run out to the street. We do have a bunch of volunteers this year that will be walking alongside the float to try to keep, be handing out candy to kind of keep the kids back. There is a no throwing anything from the floats so or no throwing, no candy. I know that's always kind of fun for, for scattered, but it really is a safety issue. So we want to eliminate that. And then we got volunteers in place to compensate for that 
What about uh, what if there's somebody? Maybe it's a new business. Maybe it's somebody who's done a float for a different parade, and they haven't reached out to you. Is there still time for people to get a float in the parade, or is that time over with? That time is over. It was, okay. It's ended. We we took some late responses uh, late yesterday, and uh, we've we've got to call it. You know, gotcha. we we can't we we, we can't. Uh, uh, can't try to fit them in now, so it's it, it's a done deal. But I tell you what, we've got more entries than we've ever had oh, uh, wow. for the uh, for the Christmas parade. I think we got about over eighty five uh, entries, so it's going to be wonderful. And at the end of the night, you're going to see the big jolly red guy himself, right? That's right. Yes, Santa will be bringing in the end, so it, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, I think we're all going to celebrate when Santa goes by. <laughs> it's a new era for the Jonesboro Christmas Parade. It transitions to the Foundation of Arts Jonesboro Christmas Parade. It happens this coming Friday, and it kicks off at 7 o'clock, traveling on Main Street in downtown Jonesboro. Michael Wewers joins us. Always great talking to you, man. Yeah, thank you all so much. See you all Friday night. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Brandon Baxter in the morning. Right here. On the big 107.9 K-Fine. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Powered by Families, Inc. Counseling Services. We're joined this morning by the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly. He is Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road. He's our next door neighbor. It's Wet Nose Wednesday. And Doc, in all the years we've talked to you, I've never called when you were in the middle of surgery. Uh, you know, that was this almost perfect. I was putting in my last suture in the skin. So, and uh, who is the who is the little critter that you're working on? Uh, it was a little little dog that got hit by a car last night and had oh. lacerations on both rear legs, like four or five lacerations. So it was kind of a, um, a sewing marathon this morning. Golly. So in a situation like that, I guess uh, you get the emergency call overnight. Is that how that works? Yes. Yeah, this was early evening. Golly. So that's a heck of a way to start the day. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, I bandaged, cleaned him up, bandaged him up last night, got him on some pain medicine and antibiotics, and then we did the surgery this morning. Everything looks okay? Yeah, everything looks good. Wow. That's a heck of a way to start. Mm-hmm. So we turn it over yeah. to Dr. Reed and we say, hey, make us smarter when it comes to our pets. How can we better care for our pets? What are things that we need to know? So, Dr. Reed, what do you have for us this week? Well, I don't know. I'm sure both of you probably have you, have you fed your dogs some of the pup cups that uh, the restaurants some of the restaurants are offering with oh. the whipped cream in them. No, yeah. Our dogs love those things. Like, especially the yeah. two the two Cavalier King Charles Spaniels, they'll go, if they know they're at a place that does that, somehow they figure it out and they go directly to the window and they wait for it. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, ours love them. We even saved a little styrofoam container and then bought our own can of whipped cream. And, <laughs> and um, you know, and they think they're getting it from the restaurant when it just comes out of our refrigerator. So, Kevin, that's um, absolutely was- brilliant. <laughs> I've never thought and, about that. And, you know, one thing to be concerned, you know, if you just use the regular whipped cream that has sugar in it, that's okay. There's not a lot of calories in that, maybe 25 calories per couple of tablespoons. But, you know, if you're using one of the reduced calorie whipped creams, just look at the ingredients. Make sure it doesn't have uh, xylitol as the artificial sweetener. We've talked about that, you know, product in, before and how it is toxic to dogs and can cause seizures and issues uh health issues so just make sure you know if you're using a reduced calorie that it's uh xylitol is not the non uh the non-sugar sweetener but have you ever wondered why there's not pup 
or kitten cups or cat cups. Why not? You know, I, I, I would assume it's because we just don't travel with our kitties as much. Well, that's, that's true. But, and also, you know, historically, you know, cats are almost always associated with a saucer of milk. You know, you see paintings, movies, stories with images of cats that are happily lapping from a, from milk from a bowl. Right. But the question is, should they actually drink milk or any dairy products, including whipped cream, eat, eat whipped cream? And, you know, probably the where their love of milk came from, um, you know, the, the cats kind of began on the farms, you know, as barn cats. And uh, before they were ever became part of our family members, you know, they were outdoor cats, barn cats used for rodent control. And, you know, if it was a, a farm with dairy cattle, you know, there was always some warm, fresh cow's milk and uh, cream rises to the top. And But what most people don't understand is that, uh, you know, the cats... They, of course, kittens nurse, and they take the mother's milk. But most cats, in fact, the majority of cats, as they mature and get older, they they lose the lactase enzyme, which is the enzyme that digests lactose, which is the sugar naturally found in milk. And, um, you know, there are some cats that may be able to tolerate dairy products as they're older, but a lot of times uh, it's a good idea to not feed them milk or whipped cream or heavy cream because... If they don't have that lactase enzyme, that lactose stays in the digestive tract. It's not digested. It ferments, you know, can cause some uh, GI issues, some diarrhea, bloating, uh, excess gas production. And uh, usually that can occur in 8 to 12 hours after they after they uh, ingest a, a dairy product. So, you know, why do cats like milk or cream? Well, they, they can smell the, you know, it has high amounts of fat and protein and, you know, that smells good, and it probably tastes good to them. But unfortunately, the naturally occurring uh, milk sugar in there, the lactose, you know, can cause some health issues uh, if they do ingest it. And, you know, you could try offering, if a cat wants milk, you could try the lactose-free milk, but there's a good chance that they'll reject it just because it doesn't have the high high amounts of fat in, in there that they, you know, they crave sometimes. So, um you know, and, and sometimes just, uh, you know, maybe a small amount of cultured plain yogurt um, may be, be okay for your cat because when it's cultured like that, microorganisms have digested some of the lactose. So, you know, there's not as much milk sugar, but there's, there's still no guarantee that they may not have digestive issues. So bottom line is it's probably good, um, you know, to not feed them dairy products. And, uh, you know, there are some cats that are going to be able to, to tolerate it, but it's probably not a good idea to experiment to see if your cat uh, can tolerate it because, you know, there's other products. If, you know, if you want to encourage uh, fluid intake, get one of the little drinking fountains. Cat seems to be fascinated by, um, you know, running water. Uh, my cats wake me up every morning meowing, and I have to go in and turn on the bathroom uh, <laughs> sink faucet in a little trickle because I just like to stick their head under there and drip, you know, lick, lick the dripping water. So, um, you know, it's important that they have a um, good source of fluid intake because they're almost desert creatures. I mean, their concentration of urine can get uh, highly concentrated, and they don't drink as much water per um, pound of body weight as the dog does, but it's important that they do that for their normal kidney function. So uh, the bottom line is stay away from dairy products. Um let the let your dogs and puppies have the pup cups and find another uh, high protein treat that uh, your cats can tolerate.
I think it's brilliant what you said about taking the cup home and then having our own pup cups. That's really smart. And for some reason, I've never thought about doing that. Yeah, you know, my little dog, even after it's empty, she carries that thing around in her mouth like it's going <laughs> to produce some more in there. Oh. And she'll take it up into bed with her, and uh, it's kind of sad to watch. But uh, sometimes we have to splurge and give her another little shot of whipped cream. There you go. Y'all, he is the man you need. Yay. He is Dr. Kevin Reed. He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. And he is the veterinarian of choice of Arkansas's morning show with Brandon and Kelly Dr. Kevin Reed from VetCare. Find out more at vet-care.com. And on Facebook, when you search VetCare Jonesboro, Dr. Reed, we appreciate you chatting with us today. Hey, thank you all. We'll talk to you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Powered by Family Zinc. We'll get back to the show. Now back to Brandon Baxter and Kelly Perry. We're joined this morning by Gina Winchester, who has come in wearing her Santa baby sweatshirt. <laughs> She's always yeah, decked I'm out for the season. I'm ready to sing if you want me to. You want to say, okay. <laughs> Santa baby. Hey, there you go. <laughs> hey, first of all, before we get into the event that, you, that you're here to talk about, I wanted to, to ask you and catch up mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of Christmas. We talked to you last time about that, you know, the yes. big uh, the big organization, uh, the big event that's organized by the Red Wolves Foundation. Yes. How did it go? Oh, it went fantastic. We had uh, a 5% increase in overall people, so we had over 10,000 people actually walk through the doors. Wow. So we are just real pleased with the amount of community support and our vendor support. Saw a bunch of people on social media who were posting photos. And again, we talked about this going in. It really becomes like it's a thing where the families get together or the girlfriends get together and they go to a little bit of Christmas. Absolutely. And we just had a lot of positive comments on a little bit of Christmas uh, on the social media, Facebook. They wanted to know, where is this vendor? I forgot to get a business card. So right. I've been busy making sure that everybody got all the correct information. It's a big event, and again, it'll it'll happen again next year. Hey, the reason Gina's here today is uh, to talk about an event that's really, uh, it's an open house, it's a celebration of the Christmas season, and it's happening at First Christian Church. Uh, Tell us about this event. Well, we've had this event for ever since the, the new church was built. We've been in Jonesboro since 1886, so we have been uh, in the community for 136 years, and uh, we uh, were on Main Street, but got uh, when Methodist got landlocked, they bought our church, and we built the new church at 2600 Wood Springs Road uh, in Jonesboro, and we've had this open house ever since to celebrate our beautiful church, and uh, what it is is we have it on the first Saturday of December. It's an open house. It's from 10 till 2. We have a bake sale, soup sale. Some of the best craft vendors from Little Bit of Christmas will be there. Nice. We're also going to have door prizes, and we want to invite people to come out to our Christmas cantata on December the 11th at 10 a.m., followed by a potluck. And then December 24th is our 5 p.m. candlelight service, and Christmas Eve service is December 25th at 10 a.m. So there's really a lot of stuff going on. Yes, and this is a free event for the community to come out. And enjoy, like I said, the bake sale, see our beautiful church, and our uh, some of our best craft vendors that will be there is Signs by Designs from Paragould. They do handcrafted signs on cedar and cherry wood. And my husband bought one with for his Porsche. It oh, says yeah. Porsche Night Moves. Oh, nice. It is neat. It is <laughs> the is neatest neat. sign. So he's going to be there with a lot of his great signs. And then we'll have Just Roll With It Crafts and Hot Cocoa Bombs, Polymer Clay Jewelry by Gray Kitty Creations for Lizzie Wynn Boutique, Pampered Chef, Reagan Hills Gardens Jams and Jellies, then Magic Apothecary with hot Harry Potter items and some Disney items, 
Old Country Time Scents with Soy Candles, The Rising Phoenix Emporium, Hand-Shaped Crystals, Envisions Artworks, Paintings, Door Hangers, and T-Shirts, and J&K Wooden Creations with the Wood Crafts and Felt Foods. So we will have a whole oh, house wow. full of people. So if you didn't get a chance to come to a little bit of Christmas, <laughs> this is a little bit of <laughs> open house, but that's free. <laughs> it's a little bit of Christmas somewhere else. And again, it's going to happen at the First Christian Church, uh, 2600 Wood Springs Road. Uh, it's opening up on Saturday of this week. Uh, and again, the times are 10 to 2. You talked about the bake sale. Mm-hmm. What kind of items are typically available at the mm-hmm. bake sale at the church? Well, you know, we'll have cookies. Cookies and pies and cakes and uh, little treats. And what I'm making is the homemade peanut butter fudge. It's pretty popular. And pineapple pies, homemade pineapple pies. I've already got three reserved, so I'm probably going to make about five pineapple pies. Nice. Did you bring Mm -hmm. any of those today for us to sample, Gina? Well, no, not today, Gina. but I'll come back by. What is the, what is the deal, Gina? <laughs> <laughs> hey, the soups. Who does the soups? Well, we all, the ladies will take turns making the soups, and we've got taco soup, gumbo, mm. vegetable, chicken noodle, regular chili, and white bean chicken chili. That's mm. really popular. Ooh, that is. I've had that before. Mm-hmm. That is good. And, so, mm-hmm, and I, homemade cornbread. So mm, bring that. Yes. So again, it's open to the public and it's all free. All free from this Saturday from 10 to 2 at First Christian Church on 2600 Wood Springs Road. You just take the Wood Springs exit closest to the Walmart Parker. Right. And it's the first church on your right at Wood Springs and Casey Springs. 10 there to 2. Go. There you go. Gina Winchester joins us in studio this morning on the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Don't you love it when I play music like this? Oh, yes. Holiday shopping, the season is here. We have bought zero gifts thus far at my house. I feel like every year you and I on on the air are like, it's the day before Christmas and we still have not gone shopping. No, and then we'll both be the ones aggravated texting each other like, you're never going to believe how busy it is out here. Yeah, I know. So. You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, we talked earlier this morning about how some people are, uh, they love getting Christmas cards in the mail mm-hmm. or even via text or whatever. But I mean, like the old school, hey, somebody took time to do this and wrote in it and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's always really sweet. I was thinking my only gifts this year will be cards with my photos on it. <laughs> Maybe Today, I can use it. you will be getting a five by seven glossy of me signed. I will Merry sign Christmas. it. Hey, that's good. And then I can use it for different things, birthdays, celebrations, graduations. Nothing says celebration and just the zest of life than a five by seven that's autographed. I do like that. I went to Olin Mills to get my photo signed. <laughs> they still have that. I think so. Do you remember glamour shots? I have never had a glamour shot, but yes. You're a liar. I promise. Your parents never sent you to Glamour Shots? No, they weren't going to spend money on that. I will tell you. My brother, see, somehow, I don't know if I refused to do it or if whatever happened, but I remember my mom and my grandmother, Nana Doris, being so excited when my brother and sister, who were only three years younger than me, got their Glamour Shots done. Glamour Shots, really? Nana had such a great experience that then Nana went and got Glamour (laughs) Shots done. I wish you had these pictures. I bet I do somewhere. Yeah. Because she was all dolled up. And like Glamour Shots doesn't care what you look like on a daily basis. They're going to make you up how they see fit. Yes. And typically I felt like everyone looked the same glamour. Mm -hmm. Like big hair, big hair, big earrings, lots of makeup. And it was like this headshot. I'm going to give you a reference that if you're a fan of The Office, you'll get. 
<laughs> it was almost like the day when Phyllis and Karen had to go out and uh, <laughs> Phyllis got Karen's hair done. She was like, I am going to take you out and just, you know, treat you and make you feel like a queen and pretty. And then Karen was like, she got her done like Phyllis, like yeah. Phyllis's hair and all that kind of stuff. And it was a little bit of an older type hairstyle. The vibe is older. And the makeup was real thick. Yeah. It's glamour shots. Yeah, you, you want to feel glamorous. Now we just have filters. We don't even have to worry about glamour shots. None of us look the same in real life. That is true. So, Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are looking for uh, gifts from me, it will be a signed photo this year. We can't wait. Merry Christmas. And ho, ho, ho. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And don't forget we have a podcast. And on the podcast, you can check out everything you miss on the show. Mm-hmm. So, we realize, I mean, maybe you're you're busy in the morning. Maybe you only get a little bit of time on your drive or when you get to work or whatever the situation is. With the podcast, you can catch up on everything mm-hmm. that you missed. All you have to do is search Arkansas's Morning Show with Brandon and Kelly wherever you get podcasts. And Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? Tonight on NBC, the 90th annual Christmas in Rockefeller Center. The two-hour eighth season finale of The Masked Singer. Tonight's schedule also includes DC Stargirl, Big Sky, and Dolly Parton is going to hang out with Jimmy Fallon tonight. Hope you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Arkansas's Morning Show.